Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey folks, what's going on? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, new every Thursday via any of your podcast outlets folks yep anywhere you get your podcast spotify apple podcast pandora you name it go there get the eddie trunk podcast as you just did if you're listening to this and be sure to subscribe new episodes coming your way every thursday bringing you news making interviews uh, with some of your favorite artists great to have you tuned in as i tell you every week every interview you hear on this podcast originated on my sirius xm radio show which is called trunk nation and is heard Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Volume Channel 106. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. And here's some good news right now. For those of you that are in the U.S. or Canada and you do not currently subscribe to Sirius XM Radio, guess what? You do now. Because it's on free to all in the U.S. or Canada until December 6th. So if you have a radio, a Sirius XM radio in your car that is not currently active, check it out. Because it is now for free until December 6th. Don't have a Sirius XM radio? Download the Sirius XM app. Listen away. More on this at SiriusXM.com slash entertainment LF, as in listen free. Go to that website, SiriusXM.com slash entertainment LF, and you'll learn more about getting SiriusXM radio for free until December 6th, free listening period. And again, if you have the radio in your car, it's on, it's active. Turn it on, check it out. Now you can get an idea of what I do on a daily basis on Sirius XM Radio 
which you only get a tiny taste of if you're only listening to the podcast. So chance for you to sample, check it out, and hopefully come on board and join me every day for Rock Talk and get the full picture. Hope everybody in the U.S. has a wonderful Thanksgiving. The day this podcast is posting is indeed Thanksgiving Day in the U.S., so happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Americans celebrating today and, of course, this long weekend. If you're in the Green Bay, Wisconsin area, I'll see you Saturday at the Epic Events Center with Jesse James Dupree of Jackal. I'll be hosting a charity event there this Saturday night. Never been to Green Bay. Greatly looking forward to that. So let's get to our interview uh, this week, and it's going to be a bit of a double dip, and I'm excited to bring this to you. These interviews, which again happened on the radio, but they originated from a resort in Cancun called Dreams and Secrets. And I was there for an event called The Sands, which is a music event at All Inclusive Resort. And I have a chance to host that or co-host that every year. And I did my radio show from the resort each day. And I had some great guests dropping by during that time. And I want to bring you a couple of those interviews now. Uh, first up, I'm going to bring you a conversation with the members of Tesla, Frank Hannon, and then later Jeff Keith drops by, and also sitting in with me talking about the old days of MTV is one of the original MTV VJs, Mark Goodman, who is also one of my co-workers on my SiriusXM channel on Volume who does a show following mine called Debatable. But Mark is also a host at this event, 80s in the Sand in Cancun, and he was around. I thought it'd be fun to get him on. And then the Tesla guys popped in, as you're about to hear. Now, what's really funny about the interview you're about to hear is that Frank Hannon from Tesla, I think it goes Frank and then Jeff comes in a little later. He didn't realize that it was Mark Goodman sitting next to him from MTV until about halfway through this interview. Now, you don't really pick up on that listening to the interview, but Frank told me after the fact. <laughs> so it's really pretty funny. So here is this. We take you now about a month ago to the Dreams and Secret Resort in Cancun, the event 80s in the Sand. I'm broadcasting live from it. Frank Hannon, Mark Goodman, Jeff Keith comes in a little bit later on. And then second, I'm going to bring you from the same event, a separate interview from another day with Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. That's coming up second. First, this kind of mishmash of all kinds of stuff. I think you're going to find this fun to listen to. A couple of the guys from Tesla, Mark Goodman, myself, the Sands music event in Cancun. Here it is on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Hour two live from Cancun. Here on Trunk Nation, it's Eddie Trunk, and man, I had to travel all the way to Mexico to land this guy as a guest, <laughs> even though he works right down the hall. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him from, of course, Debatable right here on Volume, and of course, uh, you know him from the, the days when MTV was MTV, our good friend Mark Goodman. I know you're on vacation, so thank you I'm, for a few minutes. You know, you know, <laughs> I, I like to say that I'm working. This is me working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I saw you this morning walking around, and I was just like, you're like, 
you're doing your show from here? Like, you didn't take off? And I'm like, ah, I might as well do it. So I wrangled you to come by for a few. I'm happy to be here. This, this has got to be, you know, for you, you do these things all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you have a blast down here. This is, a, this is, you know, I can't get it together to do what you do. I can't, re, you know, do shows from one of these gigs because it's too hot and exhausting. And, I know. You You're know. smart. I'm an yeah. idiot because I was down here at 11 <laughs> with the IT guy and I'm like, you know, checking. the. But I don't know. It's just how I'm wired. And uh, I so think so you, your deal is. You've got. You're here for uh, specifically for tomorrow night, right? Or for tomorrow's tonight. my night, yeah. so to speak, in terms of the bands, because it's Tesla, Tesla and Cheap Trick. They're going to have yeah. me do those. You, you're doing basically everything else. I saw you up there with Little River Band yesterday. We're up there with Little River Band, yeah. Uh, that was really. That's the welcome. That yeah. was the first event of the first night, so it was a, you know really cool. Night. And but, what what you said was true. They, they've got more songs that you forget that they have. Like yeah. everyone goes lonesome loser, but there's a couple other in there. Everybody well, kinda... you know, being on '80s and all, we play you know reminiscing like a lot. <laughs> so that's a big one for you know. What are you gonna say? They they they've had some songs. There's nobody original in the band anymore. Oh, is that right? No, I didn't no, know that for years. Um, but they, you know, they sound really great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Billy Idol tonight. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to Cheap Trick. I'm look. I haven't seen Tesla since probably since back in the day. I see him like every week. I'm, I know you do. <laughs> <They're> amazing. <laughs> it's no big deal. Um, Billy so, Idol's going to be huge tonight. Billy Idol's going to be great. That room in there, the because so so I was telling people earlier this event that we're at. In case you just tuned in, it's called uh, '80s in the Sand. Although he just calls it the Sands. The, the Sands now. now because they're trying to broaden it. I mean. You know, Julie, Julie Brown has her thing coming up on uh, Thursday night. It's Club MTV night. Yeah. It's 90s. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so it's cool that it's getting a little wider. And what I like about it, I was saying to the audience before, is that, you know, I'm a rock guy to my core. We know that. But I have an appreciation for other stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that everything's mixed in. Yeah. So here you're going to get Tesla, Cheap Trick, Living Color, but you're also going to get yeah, Howard, Howard Jones, Jones or whatever. Yeah. So it's a good mix. I'm just going to later on this afternoon by the pool. Is drama rama? Oh yeah! I don't know, you know what people people remember drama rama or Jersey not. Jersey Boys, man, come on! I love those guys, and I, I haven't seen them since I worked at K Rock in L A. Yeah, back in the day, you know that's they're they're great. Last that's cigarette, cool anything, anything, yeah, all that. Cig- anything, anything. Come on, that's an that anthem. stuff is great, of course. So, um, and and tomorrow night, I'm really looking for. I'm bummed because you know a late booking. You maybe you heard was was Living Color. Yes. And they're, you're I'm, gone. I gotta go. We we have a little thing. If you if you stay tuned after Eddie wraps up here, it's debatable, and we're all going to Cleveland on Thursday. Right. So so, so the the <laughs> you know me. I have a love hate thing with the whole thing. Is it love hate really? It's, it's, uh, uh, yeah. It's I like guess partially tolerating hate. Yeah. It's, it's a little, <laughs> yeah. But but the thing is is that um the ceremony's <laughs> actually. Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday. So, night. so tell everybody what you're doing because you guys We're, are going to do shows that from there tomorrow, Thursday, are, and Friday, or what? Not Thursday. Not okay. th- where everybody's traveling on Thursday. Okay. So Thursday, they're actually what we're going to air um, on Thursday will be the um, announcement of who was being inducted that day. A rebroadcast of that show where we talked to a lot of the the inductees. Right. We talked to you know Greg Harris from the Rock Hall about uh, you know the ballot and so on so that is going to air on thursday and then friday yeah we're live normal time four to seven east from the rock hall they have a radio station there that we'll be doing the show from 
taking calls and stuff. It won't be New Music Friday. It will be a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Friday. So do you have some of the, are some of the inductees and things, are they there by then? Are they lined up to well, come on? The only, the only one I know of, I know that there are bands who are supposed to be arriving certainly before the weekend. And one band I know for sure is the Go-Go's are showing up there because Gina has a book out and they're doing an event, uh, including Belinda, who is coming, um, I think on Thursday. Um, but, you know, we'll be talking to them for sure and whoever else we can dredge up on Friday. You know, you know how it is. When do you think and how do you think McCartney comes and goes from that thing? Well, he, I mean, he's he, inducting the Foo Fighters. I know, but how does that go down? Like, you know, they, does he just, like, get walked in and go to the stage, walk out? Do you, do you think McCart- McCartney doesn't hang? No, he's, he's hang. coming to the after party. Yeah, he's no, like, he's not. <laughs> The question is, is he coming on Debatable with Mark and Alan on Friday? That would be the score. Well, that is the question, isn't it? Uh, let's talk to uh, Eric Luffglass, our <laughs> intrepid talent wrangler, and let's keep our fingers crossed. I can feel smoke coming out of his ears right now with that one, Mark. He's, he knows. He, when, when Rock Hall happens, I mean, that's when he shines, and that is his worst nightmare at the same time. <laughs> because it's live radio. Who do you got next? Who's on? Come on. Who's presenting? What's right. going on? You know. So, he, I, I don't envy the guy his job. Hey, so tell me about being out here at a, at a thing like this. So this is, you know, this is the, the sweet spot of your, in terms of fans of yours who saw you on MTV. And obviously that's the connection. Alan's here, Julie's here and all of that. What's that like for you to walk through here and meet all these people that you made such it's, a big impact on? It's, it's still really, really fun. And what I love is, uh, you know, Julie is, is thought of as the 90s. But we worked together. She came when I was still at MTV. Yeah. So we worked together this long before Club MTV and stuff like that. It's, it's still great. And like every other you know, live band on the road and, li- you know, and a person who loves to go to live music, we're all just like, hey, great to see you again. Wow, that was crazy what just happened, right? The last 18 months. So it's, it's really like that. And, and people are awesome. There's, as it turns out, there's a lot of people here who were on our 80s cruise, which was March of 2020. We literally got back, and there's, there's people who are, you know, that was the death cruise. <laughs> that was, you know, it was, people thought we were insane, and we were getting reports from land while we were out at sea, and things are shutting down, and they're not going to let you off the boat. Uh, that's what this year's experience is like with people, but it, it, it's always really cool and it's it's nice to be with people my own age and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. although when i walk around here i'm like i'm not as old as these people yeah. but i am yeah <laughs> you know, I am. yeah that's the harsh I reality feel, dude like you i'm sure mentally we feel about 25 right, right? I, that's about where i stopped <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. So, it's so true but for you too i mean i you do these events man yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. You've you got to be people bumping into you all the time, too, right? Well, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, the, the, the rock dudes, you know, they'll come up to me, yeah. they'll see me, and they'll be, you know, all, all amped up to see me. And uh, that's cool. And a lot of that metal show love still, you know, right. that show was for people sure. love that thing. And even though it hasn't been on the air in a while, it's amazing how that still resonates and, and keeps going. Look mm. at this guy. Somebody just, so somebody, Mark Goodman just told me he hasn't seen Tesla in a long time, and now you're sitting next to Frank Hannon, Tesla's guitarist. Come on, Put dude. their headsets on. You just told me you weren't feeling good. Now you got a drink in your hands. Look at you. I'm a soldier. Feeling, I'm a rock soldier. Feeling a little better now. Yeah, yeah. I crawled out of bed, and uh, 
I couldn't leave you hanging, man. You know, I tried to wrangle J.K. over here. Wait, for hold you. on, hold on. Let me, let me adjust you in the, oh. in the, in the microphone. Sense. Am I too hot? Too no, you're hot? good. You're, is Joel? Is Frank sound okay? Testing one, two, check one, two. Hey, hey. He could be a little louder, but he's mostly good. All right. All right, you're okay, mostly good. I'm mostly good. You, are you all right? What are you drinking there? No, this is just a straight-up iced tea, bro. Oh. Uh, I don't mean to let you down. I know it looks like a Long Island, right? It does look like a Long Island. I could have lied and said, you know, like, like how David Lee Roth used to put the uh, iced tea in his, right. his, his uh, Jack Daniels bottle. Right, right. So no. Mark was just <laughs> That's saying. That's the rumor. So Mark Goodman yeah. was just saying yeah. that he, when's the last time you saw Tesla? I probably haven't seen you guys. It's 90. Almost 30 years or something. Huh? We, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, been, it's been a year or two. Couldn't find a better place to see you now, huh? Cancun, <laughs> Mexico, it? right? Is this not the greatest? I'm loving it. Mark, yeah, do you it. remember when you were at MTV when Tesla, did you, you first introduced the Tesla video? Was it Modern Day Cowboy? <sighs> that's a good question. What year was that? That was 86. Yeah. So that's Possible. That was still when Headbangers Ball was on, right. and then uh, we started was... spending more time at MTV during like they had Hanging with MTV was a right, show we did. Right, right. Um, that stuff happened. I, I, you know, I can't. I left in '87, but came back for the '87, '88. I came back for one week a month and did shows. Okay. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I quit, but they were like, "Come on, I'll just do another year. Come on." We I were hanging out more. With did you get some good money out of them for that? I got Which... a raise. And I got three weeks cut off my, my record time. It was a good deal. Oh, well, that's a pretty good deal, yeah. <laughs> what was the other guy? Adam? Uh, Adam Curry is the other guy with hair. That's the guy who that replaced me. I'm, I'm sitting here going like this. I'm giving the hair gesture, everybody. That's you what can't people see it. do. Dude, that's what people do for me. I had giant, I had oh, the yeah. giant Jufro. Yeah, yeah, the black for curly years. hair. Yes, yes. And then Adam had to give the sort of, you know, the Aryan kind of blonde, oh, you know. He was the white boy, huh? He was, oh man, he was stunning. It was stunning. You guys are all good looking on that show. You know, that was good. Well, well that's Mark's why, still that's good why, looking. That's why they got cast, you know, because we were so goddamn good looking. <laughs> but I remember the what? reason why I bring up MTV with, with, with Tesla in particular, with Frank here now, is the fact that, and I've told this story so many times, it was super impactful to me seeing Tesla for the first time on MTV. It was the countdown show. It was the dial MTV thing. And I remember because at that time, uh, Resonance was 86, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the fir yeah. first album is 86. Modern Day Cowboy, the first ever single in video. And you know as well as anyone, everyone knows that at that time it was the big hair and the makeup and that was the look, right, yeah. of all the rock acts. These guys came out, of some kids out of Sacramento wearing jeans and T-shirts. That was why I dug this, <laughs> this band. I never quite understood the, whole, the hair product routine. I, it's fine, the music was cool. I got it. Yeah. It was a but, fun era, though, the 80s. I mean, come on, right? But you it guys fun, never, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys never, Frank, got pulled into that. You no. always just kept, no. you just showed up. I mean, did you get, did managers and handlers to, try to doll the, you up? The record company tried to. And if you see some of our videos, like uh, Little Susie or some of them, I think yeah. we might have poofed it up a little tiny bit. But we were under the pressure, you know, uh, we got our videos were directed by the same guy who did the Poison videos. And so uh, right. they did put a little pressure on us, but we, f we fought against it. We were kind of always the underdogs of the 80s, I, I think, a little bit. And then Guns N' Roses came out and really blew up, you know, and we were label mates with them. So, right. so anyway. You were, you were bucking the trend, man. The, at that time, you know, yeah, there was only then, a few bands who were trying to do what you were doing. Well, the one thing that we did was the five-man acoustic jam, which was right at the beginning of the MTV Unplugged era. So we get credited for that. 
little shtick there. Did you actually ever do MTV Unplugged? We did, yeah. You did, after you did the acoustic record with Science. Yeah, right around the same time. And the Black Crows were on it with us. And let me tell you, we smoked that place out. <laughs> you mean with weed? Yeah, yeah. I don't think MTV Studios had more weed burning than when we were there with the Black Crows on <laughs> <laughs> is that where, okay where to was talk that? about? Was that, on, was that on Broadway? It was in New York, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the Black Crows were there. And that's when we were buddies with them. Yeah, yeah. Mark, you, you, everybody talks about all the debauchery of the 80s and everything like that. What was... Go, was, was the... No, no but yeah. I mean, when you hear about the record companies even, like the shit that went on at the, at the labels and the offices, this and that, the MTV studios and offices back then in the old days, was it wild or was it pretty business? No. Well, the offices... I can't speak to because the VJs were never in the office. Okay. We were at the studio nonstop. We, we rolled in there. We started shooting at 8, and especially in the first six months, we wrapped at like 11 p.m., and we were nonstop shooting. Wow. We were shooting 24, yeah. and in some cases, 48 hours of MTV. How far in advance so, from when it aired? Um, generally, hopefully 24, sometimes 36 hours, but we early on realized that we had to we couldn't do 24 full hours be five days a week in five days a week when we were on the air for seven. So we had to sort of juggle things and cut hours down overnight so people were, were doing less breaks per hour, shorter to record. But we, the five originals always joked about the fact that the real party was happening at the office <laughs> because those guys were dealing with the record label. Yep. Those guys were like what lives and what dies. And those guys were, you know, Les Garland. They were getting a legend. little bit more for Santa Claus, a little <laughs> bit more. They were getting all the payola and all the party supplies I, up in the office. I got to uh, say, it's, I think that it was not as much payola as just that was the, that was the decade. That right? was when that shit was just going on. Yeah, it was. You know? And, you know, we, I think that we did for, especially in the early 80s, I think we did a great job adding music. I don't think we added anything that we shouldn't. Oh, um, definitely. You know. Well, it's insane. Well, I mean, Tesla's one of my favorite bands. I, don't, I make no, I always say that, how much I love this band and how much they meant to me. And that was how I discovered it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, look, yeah. I was in the business already a few years at that point, so I, I would have known about them anyway. But right. I will never forget the countdown of these videos and a lot of stuff I liked that was coming out of that time, whether it was poison kicks or whatever, I, I'm good with all that, but everything kind of started looking and sounding the same. And here can, comes these guys that right. Frank, when you did well, modern day cowboy, you were like 18, right? Teen years yeah, old. Right? Was, yeah. That's pretty. Young, they were like, yeah. you know, Greta Van Fleet young. Right. And then here they come and right. out of Sacramento. So and let's like, compare them to Greta Van Fleet. No, shall we? that's not, I do. you get the whole Greta Van Fleet uh, thing? Not for a minute. I don't, I don't either. I don't. I, and I don't I'm not know. shit talking about just, no, I get just it. my own. I don't get it. They've like, and I like them, and bit. I'm rooting for them. The next but record, I don't... they changed a little bit. They did change their image and their style They're a little trying. bit. I like They're any trying. band that rocks these days. It's you know, I mean, at least they rock, right? But, I, uh, my point about it, Led Zeppelin, the influence is okay, but right. But my point about it is, I'm with you 100. percent Any band that truly plays live, I'm all for guitar-based rock band. I'm rooting for all of them. I'm not saying I'm rooting for them, but I was just last week. I was at the at the Greek Theater in L.A. And I went to see Jason Bonham do the Zeppelin show. Right. And he, because he was on the show, and then he, I had no idea they were actually playing that night, and I ended up mm -hmm. going. And I'm there, and, you know, I'm going into the, uh, the Greek, and there's the, 
bored of the upcoming shows. Greta Van Fleet's doing like two or three sold out nights at right. the Greek. Right. And I'm like, now the rock, the guy rooting for the, the rock bands in me loves seeing that. Right. But yeah. just to my own ear, I don't get how this, I don't, I don't hear it. Cause really? But it reminds me of like early Rush. I mean, like it sounds like Getty Lee on steroids kind of. And it's <laughs> the younger generation. I mean, you got to remember these kids are appealing to kids their same age, which is really freaking cool, man. I, I think. Because yeah. I deal with kids. You know me, I'm always producing kids. Yeah, yeah. Frank and produced I, a bunch of young bands. Yeah. And I've got this band, Red Voodoo, that's 18, 19 years old. And they love Grand Van Fleet. It's, it's inspiring them. Now, they sound a, bit, a little bit more like Van Halen than Led Zeppelin, which, of course, we love that. But uh, I think it's cool when uh, uh, the younger generation, I mean, because you got to remember, we're, we're four, year, four generations ahead of these kids, dude. But you got, right? I, you, there's a difference between, do, and Greta Van Fleet, they say, did, did it by accident. That yeah. they sounded like Led Zeppelin. Well, they're not uh, admitting. They, yeah, that's true. You know, but there's I don't I don't mind where you know where your influences on your sleeve. But don't deny it. But don't deny it. And hey, I've ripped off cool. Peter Frampton a bunch, and Who I will, hasn't? And I'll, I'll, <laughs> come on, and I admit it. <laughs> but again, I, I the thing with with like I am all in on new bands. Like there's a ton of new young bands that I love. I just of that that pool of these new bands, which there's so many. Yeah. I think it's a great time for rock right now. I don't know how much of it can break through like Greta did, but there's so many bands that I hear that are as good or or better, even more accessible than what they're doing, mm-hmm. that are still like off under the gr- underground some. And to see what happened with them, I, I got to be honest, and I'm not saying any sort of shenanigans went on, but it was almost like out of the gate, they were almost like anointed as the ones. Like you heard that before their record even came out, there was this thing in the industry. Like, yeah. It felt like the old days to me, that, that pre-album hype. Too much. Yeah. Too much. Right, yeah. that the programmers were almost like, you have to be on this out of the yeah. gate. Yeah. It was no objectivity. They're going to be the ones. Yeah. And look, if you're the band that... that position like that it's the greatest spot in the world but how does that happen and why when there's a thousand great new bands it's kind of interesting to me well they have a they had a real live led zeppelin energy on their initially initially now they're more proggy and the kid's voice is way high and he's given like philosophy lessons on have you seen that that kind of tripped me out i'm like i don't know i don't want to say too much but (laughs) i always get myself in trouble on his show because i say too many bad things (laughs) you don't you just talk honestly that's what you need to do. Well, let's talk about that pre-release hype, okay? Yeah. Now, Guns N' Roses are freaking great, and we love Slash, and we love Guns N' Roses. They changed the face of rock. But before they came out, we were label mates with them, and all we heard about was, oh, man, Guns N' Roses is going to be the biggest thing. And I asked Tom Zutat personally, what, who's Guns N' Roses? What, what is it? And he said... Same guy who signed Guns signed you guys. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, dude, in six months, they're going to be the biggest band ever on the planet. And then in three years, they're going to self-destruct and break up. Zutat predicted that? He predicted the whole freaking thing. He had it all predicted. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah. crazy. He was dead right. He was dead right. And so then we went out to the Whiskey Go-Go that night and saw Guns N' Roses before Appetite came out. I think Mr. Brownstone was like on KNAC or something, a demo tape. And, man, I'm getting goosebumps right now just remembering how great it was, the energy of that. So, you know, maybe on some levels... Somebody was feeling Greta Van Fleet's energy of this youthful band that has that live feel. Maybe know? somebody just wrote a really big check. 
kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. But you know, that was the. It's funny when you talk about no shenanigans going on or whatever, because we all know that all went on in the 80s. I've been in radio and doing this for 38 years. I never had anybody offer me a box of Tic Tacs. Man, so it's like. <laughs> I was a music director in the 70s at a rock station. What were you getting coming your way? Uh, you know, I, I, I went out to dinner and I got passes to the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you heard know? some passes uh, for the Rolling Stones Steel Wheel tour. Yeah. Uh, got us Love Song on MTV. I had heard that rumor. Brian says that in his book. <laughs> really? By the way, your bass player. <laughs> is that true? Well, That's they, what I heard. This is great. Brian Wheat, Tesla's bass player, right? another founding member of the band, wrote a book, which you clearly didn't read. Because, I did not read it, no. <laughs> right? But I told you I lived it. And you lived it. There you so go. So Brian's book came out less than a year ago, and uh, Tesla was managed by Q Prime, the biggest right. management companies in, right. back then. And in the book, Brian writes that Q Prime had done a deal to represent the Stones On and the were working Steel Wheels, Steel Wheels tour. Right. And the, the trade-off was that your new band Tesla, Q Prime's new band Tesla, you had to add... Was love a love song. song. I think it was the a love ballad, song, yeah. And you would get access to the Stones and tickets. So yeah, yeah. it's in Brian's book. I'm not saying I didn't it's know not that. in print. Yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah, I, I heard I had heard that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens. It, it, it happens. It happens. It happens. It, hey, man, it's rock and roll. It happens. So, hey, before you, before you go, I don't want to hold you here because you're not working and you're nice enough to come by Are you for just a here bit. on vacation, Mark? Well... Sort He's of. working the event. He's one of the this hosts is, of the this event. This is what my vacations are like. Awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be Mark Goodman. <laughs> Heck yeah, Mark. It's great to see you, man. But yeah. He's, he's got to go out there and walk around and everybody go, hey, dude, remember in 83 on MTV? And, you know, take on that. In this. Dude, I still got that song stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> every hour song? for six-hour shifts. Yeah. Every hour. For, I was there for eight years. Yeah. Imagine how it's burned into my brain, man. <laughs> Who wrote that song, by the way? It was, it was friends of, uh, of, this, of Dale Pond and uh, this other guy in marketing who wrote, it's just, you know, a library thing. They get they a flat raise on that, riff. I wonder? Yeah. They just did a buyout yeah. on it? Yes. Because that good. metal show theme that yeah. everybody knew, that, that actually yeah. was Bumblefoot, who oh. was in Guns N' Roses at one point. He had done an instrumental. That's an instrumental on one of his records, and we licensed it and used it for that. Oh. And it's forever uh. become known as the That Metal Show theme. He, right. even when he plays it live, labels it that now. Okay. But, but, it, but that song's even more right. iconic, and obviously. Notoriously, there was no money. A big corporation, two corporations, but no money. I mean, the reason that we were airing that, that launch, you know, the rocket launch and the walk on the... Free. It's NASA yeah. footage. It's public domain. Oh yeah, the satellite and all that. Yeah. I remember, you know, we were on Guam, uh, 1983, when MTV first came out, and so test. We were City Kid at the time. We were playing six sets a night, six <laughs> nights a week, cover Guam. tunes on Guam. And anyway, that was the one of the things that would be on all night was MTV on satellite TV on Guam, and we loved it. I mean, all those early videos. I mean, you know, uh, that's the First time you could see Joe Elliott and Pyromania and oh, those songs, man. you know, and and Minute Work was another Billy popular Squires, one. Billy Triumph, Squires. all that early stuff. My oh, yeah. my friend, Jump by Van Halen was a big one. Yeah, my friend, we didn't have it yet in my town, but the next town over we did. So I would just drive over there and we'd sit on the sofa. And I'd be like, right. wow, just wait to see what was going to come up at that time. One, one last thing for you, and I'll let you get out of here because I know you got stuff to do. But did, did you... um. When was the first time, so it's interesting to me, they're not nearly the parallel, but in the same way, I started work, and you worked at VH1 Classic for a short time too when I was there. I, 
in, like when I came back to New York in 2000-something or other. Right, because I yeah. was there starting in 02. Yeah, for, it's right around. I was, I was back in like 6, 2006. Because I remember like we yeah. shot together in that Greenwich oh, right. studio that's a couple right. times. That's right. we, we did. did a few things. That's right. That was before yeah. I was doing that metal show for like four right. years. I was just doing the host stuff. But my point about that is VH1 Classic, when I started with them, was a brand new channel. Yeah, uh, and di- you know, digital channel, se- secondary tier, yeah. no commercials initially at all. This is like O two, right? So I was doing it in, in in the beginning. I felt like I was kind of like you know, you're broadcasting into the abyss. Is anybody right. really even seeing this? Right. And then after about a year, you you know, you're in the supermarket, and somebody you know, hey man, I saw you interview John Mellencamp. Like whoa, you know, somebody actually saw it, right? <laughs> For you, with the earliest days of MTV, do you re- like? Was it immediate out of the box that all of a sudden people knew Mark Goodman, or did it take a well, while? Don't forget, we we were living in Manhattan, shooting in Manhattan, but MTV wasn't on in Manhattan for the first year, so we would oh. be no, we would walk around in Manhattan and nobody knew who we were. You were in Guam though. We were happening in Guam. <laughs> you were happening and, in Guam, and, by, and pretty early on, we were happening in London too. I, mean, yeah. I went into a public just like in '82 or '83, something like that, and I'm and we. MTV Europe was not happening yet. Yeah. And, and I'm watching me on TV uh, oh, in the yeah. pub. So people were like taping us and stuff but like that. But do you remember the, the big moment? Like, was there a, a defining moment for you? Like, you're, even yeah. in your neighborhood or something, and the local well, guy at the deli is like, hey, wait a minute. I could tell there's, there's two things that happened just in terms of the, like, when did, did I know that, okay, MTV is more than just this cool channel. Like, there's something else happening. They, in the early days, we had to go out to the little towns and kind of schmooze the cable operators to get them to pick up MTV. Right. And they sent me to this appearance in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, and I was being driven from my hotel over there that day for the, the rec- to the record store where I was showing up and I was going to sign and whatever else. And they pull around the corner and there's this massive crowd. And I went, wow, who's here? And the driver goes, you. You. <laughs> oh, wow. kind of blown away by that but what in new york uh when when we started showing thriller um, i was late to the studio one day and i was rushing rushing trying i'm trying to hail a cab and i jump in the cab and i go 33rd and 10th really fast i'm kind of late and the cab driver turns around at me and he looks at me and he goes Hey, Mark, don't worry. If you're late, they'll just play Thriller one more time. <laughs> yeah. Because we were playing it like every, every hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. We're happening good. now. I got that's it. That's Classic. good stuff. And, the, and the, one more thing. Last, last thing, I promise you. The Us Festival is coming up on 40 years ago right. in like a year and a half or something like that. Right. And that whole coverage and, that, and for us as, as uh, metal fans and rock, hard rock fans, that... The, the metal day. That the Judas was Priest. The, the Van Halen Priest Motley was day was amazing. Day. You were there. Just give Aussie. me, a, give me like for <laughs> you a thing, a few things that jump out. Well, I would, I would just point to point people to YouTube and see my David Lee Roth interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was a drunken mess. <laughs> At least he was. How about Stray Cats though? They were straight. No, Stray Cats were great. Yeah. Stray Cats were great. Um, were Stray Cats a stand-on on the other days? I don't remember. Yeah, they were on the last day of it, yeah. and it was yeah. freaking awesome. you got to see the, that footage, Wait, dude. the metal Did day that, was the middle day, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, second day. And, and Stray Cats headlined the last day, I believe. Yeah. And, man, the, Brian Setzer had that crowd going, dude. Really? Oh, it was insane. I don't know if they headlined, because I know on, on the, Maybe alt, it was, the alt day was U2. 
Oh, okay. Maybe oh, okay. it was earlier in the day, but either way, they, there's videos yeah. of it that yeah. kicks ass. But then Ozzy, I mean, Ozzy was on, on the metal day, and he was, it was still light out because I brought him on, and we were, uh, for the first time, we were trying to do, li- like they do on broadcast news, live hits, right? Hey, here we are at the Us Festival, live on MTV. And so I was supposed to bring Ozzy out live on MTV. And um, I, I stroll out on the stage and you do your big thing. You know, yeah. what, the, what the MCs do. All right, everybody, you ready to rock? Come on. Excuse me. I'm screaming and yelling. All right, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Nothing. He's like, <laughs> they're like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, we got to do it again. We missed the hit. Okay, five, four. Oh I'm like, <laughs> all right, everybody. Yeah. You only get that energy one time. It's like the, right? next, the next one was like, please welcome Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, everybody, take two. That's classic. The oh Roth interview, God. was it before or after they played? I don't before. remember. Before. So you knew he was hammered before, yeah. Because when he went out, it's notorious. Because he that, that's that's <sighs> really the uh, I forgot the fucking words in yeah. the middle of Romeo Delight. He didn't even sing. Yeah, he was he was hammered. Huh? He was much better in the interview than he was with the band. I <laughs> <laughs> right, know right. Right, that I felt really really bad about that. I was a little pissed, and I'm sure Eddie was livid, but. Yeah, that was a shame. Did yeah. you know? I don't know if you guys, if either of you guys know this. Do you know that the, of that day, there was only one band that, to this day, that their footage, their audio and video, has officially come out DVD, Blu-ray, album. Do you know what band it was? Is it Priest? Nope. There's only because I know that there, there's there is a a DVD special of us '83. Well, there's, covers a lot I of didn't events. even know there was an Us Festival the previous year in 82 yeah. until JJ, I saw a documentary. JJ Jackson did it that time. <laughs> I had no idea there was yeah. another one. But it's Triumph. Oh. oh, And, and yeah. there's a documentary coming out on Triumph, which I've seen. But Mike Levine from Triumph told me this. They were the only band that went to um, the guy who did Us Festival, uh, Steve. Wozniak. Wozniak. Yeah. And in their deal, they were the only ones that thought enough ahead in their deal to say, hey, Okay, we'll agree to this to play, take the yeah. fee, but also we want we'll to own rights. our rights to our performance. Right. Nobody else thought of doing that. So they actually have put it out on yeah. DVD, on Blu-ray, on CD. They're, and everyone's like, how come this didn't come out? And, and the guys in Triumph told me that Wozniak owns it all, at, or whoever he sold it to, but the only band that it. had control of the whole weekend yeah. was Triumph. Wow, and it kicks it's, ass, too. I've seen that footage, yeah. man. Yeah, That's were, surprising that The Clash didn't do that, Yeah, that they weren't on top of that, because yeah. they, they were really a pain in the ass that day and really like bugging all of the management, and people were, were irritated with that. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Bono, the classic line from Bono that day, because they, they held this press conference and everybody was on time. Everybody was on stage on time Was Bill Graham was running it. And um, Bono commented to me about them going, well, Mark, we're, we're not here to hide behind our haircuts. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Mark Goodman is still hanging with me and uh, so is Frank Hannon of Tesla. And we may have a late appearance here at the end of the show from Tesla's singer Jeff Keith, who we're going to try to wrangle. If we do, we're going to bounce one of you guys out because they don't have another mic for you him. Bounce me all done. You can bounce me out. You don't want to be on with your singer. <laughs> <laughs> Typical band. The singer's coming. The guitar player wants to leave. The Mark. guitar player. Uh, 
one. <laughs> no, they you know, hey. <laughs> I know how that works. I share the mic me. with them on stage. How many years you've had him as your singer? 37. There about. you go. Enough yeah. said. <laughs> I know everything he's going to say. Okay. I don't really need to be here for that. So Mark, Mark brought up during the break, we were talking about new music and what we're listening to and what we like being that he's... Because the, the, the new music stuff you do, I mean, yeah. I, there's a ton of new artists I love. I think there's great stuff out there. And people, like, people who are doing rock and roll. Who is it? Aaron Jones. I, I love. I love his record. Really, really cool. But, yeah. I, I mean, even, you know, and maybe it's old, it's Hack already, but, like, Jason Isbell, I think, is crazy, crazy great rock and roll. Yeah. I gotta Black see. I gotta stairs. be educated on this stuff. I, yeah. I, I have to be. You never heard Aaron? Yeah. No, I haven't. Aaron no. is a is a is a. Well, I say kid, but he's actually like thirty. He's from Seattle, and he's done a couple mm. independent records. And he's like a straight up blazing. You'd love him, Frank. Okay, guitar, I'll check like, him out. Guitar, vocal, Hendrixy sort of vibe. It's killer. All right. And it's as real as as it gets. And. Um, it's really, really good. You got to check him out. He's out on some of the festivals and stuff. Okay. He's he's he's. Is great. it like a, is he like a Jared James Nichols? Yeah, or a, yeah, yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, Jared's great. Also, Jared's I love great. Jared. Yeah. You know, a band that's not new, new, but they still haven't fully broken through. Who I absolutely love is Rival Sons. You know, that is a band that is one song away from breaking through. Their songs mm. are great, but they need to be one notch greater. That's all they need. They have, in my opinion, yeah, singers. one of the singers best singers amazing. alive. You ever see them live? I, I saw them uh, two, uh, two summers ago in Montreux at Montreux Jazz. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And they're another band, and that's an interesting thing, too. So they're an American band from Orange County, yeah. but they have way bigger uh, following outside of America. Yeah. Like the British and the UK and Europe has taken to them way more quickly, I think, than they have in America, even though here in America, I mean, I'm going to see them in Anaheim in a couple of weeks. They're playing at the House of Blues, and they're, uh, it's 10 years since Pressure and Time, which is like one of their landmark records. So they're not new by any stretch, but they're still a band not enough people know about. They're, they haven't broken through. They have, they're almost. They get some play, but not enough. And the Struts yeah. are like that to me, too. The Struts are... Do you like the Struts? I do. I think they're a great band. I didn't think that you liked them. I, I love you, the Struts. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And then, you know, you got Blackberry Smoke. Yeah. And uh, um, who were we just talking about just a second ago? Um, Marcus King. Oh, Marcus King. Man, yeah. Man. And, you know, Blackberry Smoke had to go to Europe, too. I mean, they're huge over in Europe. It's it weird like- that that blues-based stuff, that blues-based rock stuff, gets way quicker accepted in Europe than here. It's always, Brits it's always been always that always gotten it. The Brits get it. They refine. They do whatever they do with it, and then they feed it back to us. Just like Jimi Hendrix. Just like Jimi Hendrix, yep. right? I mean, it, historically, it's always been that way. Even the Southern rock stuff, like it's, Skinner. How about, and all how that. about the Ramones? The yeah. Ramones had to go to Britain, too, to get it. Metallica to did, too, Metallica? really, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. and then you've got the reverse. Mm-hmm. What blew my mm-hmm. mind once, Joe Elliott told me this. So Def Leppard, we were just talking about mm-hmm. the glory days of MTV. I mean, nothing was bigger than that Def Leppard pyromania period right. with oh, Photograph and all that. Joe told me, I don't know if you guys even realize this, so Pyromania sells 10 million records in America, headlining arenas, living on MTV, Photograph, Foolin', Rock of Ages, all that. Joe would go home to England and walk to the store and get a loaf of bread without anybody giving a shit. They (laughs) did not break in in the UK on Pyromania at all. Like They did not break until Hysteria Hysteria. in Mm -hmm. Europe. And in, in the UK, but in America, they come here and headline arenas. They go to England. Every, nobody, and you, do you know why he told me there was a reason? 
What, is, what does he say the reason is? Well, I'm curious. There is, and the Struts ran into this too. Yeah. If you're a British band and you're perceived as catering to and reaching for the U.S. market too much, like to the thing like here's like not showing enough love to, to wind up, that they hold a bias against you. Hmm. And <laughs> Def Leppard's first ever single. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this. From high and dry. No. First Hello, record. America. Hello, America. <laughs> their first ever single right. from their first album on Through the Night is called Hello, America. And that's actually how it starts with Frank just yeah. saying, Hello, America. Uh, and the it. Brits are like, fuck you. You want America? Good luck. And then it wasn't until hysteria that they broke. And then right. it went to a whole other thing. And then the Struts, the same thing, because they came to the U.S. and they played here. And they were so, and they moved to LA. Yeah. And they wanted to break America, and they were so uh, vocal about it to the point that they that Luke would go on stage and say, you know, this is our home, and you know, he really stepped out on it. Oh. You know what finally? You know what finally got them? You know what finally got the Struts over in England? One thing. The Struts did. Uh, Dave Grohl did an interview with the BBC or something over there, and he was asked what was the best opening band the Foo Fighters ever had, and he said the Struts. <laughs> and that's all it took was the anointment of Grohl, and now the Struts are a thing in England. Wow, that's <laughs> cool. I mean, Luke told me that. I mean, these, yeah. these are all the... the Dude, the anointment of Grohl. That's a cool... The anointment of Grohl. <laughs> the anointment of Grohl. I want that. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and you know who's anointing Grohl is Paul McCartney, right? Right, we just yeah, talked about that. Because Mark this, said it all. This coming weekend at that's the Rock Hall. freaking yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the ultimate anointment. <laughs> this is the ultimate anointment, yeah. All right, sure. listen, your singer just showed up. I'm going to hand him you're the mic. Good, you're, no, I got to do a break. Okay. So we'll say goodbye to you. We'll let Jeff get on. Mark will hang. And okay. then uh, I'm here tomorrow. You know, you're uh, like my Mark, it's so great to by. see you, man. Like Same I told here, you man. on the break, man, MTV helped Tesla immensely get known in Omaha, Nebraska, and Des Moines, Iowa, all through the Midwest. What a great <laughs> groundbreaking thing, man. You're awesome. Uh, proceed at your own risk indeed because Jeff <laughs> Keith just showed up, ladies and gentlemen, just giving us a breakdown of 70s and 80s game show hosts. Yes. Here. JK. Yes. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. Uh, say hello to Mark Goodman. Mark. Always good a pleasure, man. Always, buddy. Come oh, my on. gosh. <laughs> Modern Day Cowboy. Those are a brand new pair of tennis shoes they bought for me for that video. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you need some new tennis shoes. I'm like, all right. All right. Yeah, I got these. Uh, yeah. The video shoot, man. These, see these? That was yeah. great. Do you remember, Jeff, seeing your video for the first time on MTV? Uh, I might not have seen it the first time because I'm a small town boy. But the first time Franklin, you yes. saw it, the first time you saw yourself on MTV with your band singing, right? It was great. Of course, I still had too much hairspray because they did got me all dolled up, and they had uh, all this Aquanet. And I went to look in the mirror, and I went, "Oh no!" And I smashed down. And they go, "No, no!" It took them another. But half we just hour. talked about that. That the, the right. Mark and I were just saying, and Frank, that Tesla was never really went down that road, though. Yeah. Well, when we first started, of course, we don't know what to do. They put half a can of Aquanet. I smash it down. They got to use the other half. <laughs> it's true. I, uh, what What about after you started airing on MTV? That was How did your life change then? We then was it like okay now I'm in a town that I, I haven't been to in six months and everybody's. That was fantastic. Right? And when we did like what Little Susie was it or Getting Better? Yeah. Yeah, now yeah. I have a perm. So that way they wouldn't want to put the airspray in my hair. He's doing the Mark Goodman I, I, thing. I, Frank is still here, but I don't have yeah. another headset, so no that's why we so can't at any hear rate, Frank. Yeah. But. At any rate, our 
so modern day cowboy i think uh getting better came out than little susie i could have those mixed up but that was great i mean to see yourself the hardest part is to hear yourself because you're like oh my gosh you do a recording and then you listen to it and you go ah, i don't know yeah. I would think that you, you got over that pretty quick. Well, I just, you know? They just said, never mind it. And I went, okay. <laughs> yeah, because at first when you hear yourself like in a, on a recording, you're like, huh, that's what I sound like. It's like, yes, <laughs> I thought doing. I sounded better than that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Right. That's <laughs> it. I mean, and, but I expect like for, for people in radio, yeah. you know, for me, when I started in, in radio, it's, I, I'm from Philadelphia. That's great. And Philly has really like the stupidest accent ever. I hate it. <laughs> okay. And I literally went to classes in college to, oh my to try and get rid of my accent. Is that right? And I could not listen to myself for years on the radio. My first, you know, five years on the radio, I couldn't, I didn't listen. Well, because, yes, it gives you a little bit, of, I guess the word is complex. It's like, oh, complex man. would be the word, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like really hung up and embarrassed. Right. Well, we but, can all we can all kind of connect on that. That okay. we all heard how to, you heard yourself singing, yeah. of course, the first time. Yeah. Mark and I, being radio guys, you know, whether it was a or tape talking. or the yeah. dreaded air check meeting, ah. nothing worse than sitting there with a program director across the desk and yeah. going over just your voice right. talking. Right. Thank God those Here, don't have it happen. Let's in break years. down this break that took oh. you forty seconds. When you know what, you should have done that in twenty. Oh. Oh. That should have been a twenty-second break, my friend. That's oh. the hell, Mark and well, I lived okay. in. That's it. Let me tell you guys what I think is on top of the list for Hell Market. Show was great. Everything. Somebody come up next day and go, here's a board tape. Ah, oh, man. Oh, oh the, the dreaded ISOs, board tape. The ISOs. The oh. ISOed vocals. Oh, no. Uh, it's the dreaded board tape. I go, why'd you have to ruin it? It was so great. <laughs> well, this is just a tape just dry of the show last night. You're like... See, no, I don't. I don't know if this this exactly relates, but like yeah. everybody talks about Led's, uh, Led Zeppelin reunion at Live Aid, right? Okay. And how I mean, they never released it. It wasn't on any of the because they hated the performance, and everybody oh. sort of universally now says it sucked. We oh. were standing right to the right. We were stage right oh. of that. It sounded amazing. Wow! It sounded amazing. Yeah. Now. I don't know. I don't know what that, you know, and I think the people in the audience loved it. Yeah, I think when you have the benefit of that visual of like, holy shit, there's Paige Plant and John Paul Jones playing Zeppelin songs, a lot, oh you can God. forgive you can a over, lot. Over, yeah. yeah. I well, think it all dep- it's hey, to each their own. You know, yeah. beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? It's like, well, dude, like I'm it. not saying this because you're just sitting here and that I love you to death. You know that. But you guys and Frank and the whole band, as, as a fan from Tesla from day one to now, yeah. there's very few bands I can say this about that you're as good as you've ever been. The, the band is incredible still. Thank How about you. that? And that, that's you. the God's that? honest truth. Well, now, and the God's <laughs> truth is that we tune down a little to well, say so, something. But that. at least it's real. <laughs> I know. At least it's real. Just like it says on your T-shirts, no you machines. keep it real. No that's machines, right. no bullshit, no lips, that's nothing. Right. And Cold Blue Steel, the great news. Joel, cue up. I'll give you last-second instructions if you can find it. The new Tesla song is called Cold Blue Steel. Let's go. That's already what I had lined up, man. Oh, look at this guy. He's on the ball. He's already got it ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, the ultimate pitch man, setting it up. Just, blame, just blurted out his new That's song out of nowhere. Right. Look at this guy. He is on the ball, Frank, after 30 yeah. years. Look at what? him. What? <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was a ball I'm on, but I'm on something. Come on. 
Come on, Mark says, come on. <laughs> so what are we going to get from you guys tomorrow night here at this event? You do, you're doing a shorter set than normal, right? Because you, you're opening minutes. for Cheap Trick tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, that's a great double oh build. What a Wednesday night. Yeah. Cancun, Cheap Trick, and Tesla. Oh. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm going to start drinking me? now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, where is it, Eddie? PBR, baby. Just staying on the water until later. No, I'm off the clock in about 30 seconds, then okay. we'll start. We'll All have right. a few. You guys are off tonight, right? So it could get crazy tonight. Billy Idol, uh, Billy Idol tonight. Billy Idol tonight. Right. That is right. That's right. That's going to be great. Well, listen, we got to wrap up. Okay. Jeff, thank you for coming by. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Frank, thank you, buddy. Always good to see you. Jeff Keith and Frank Hannon of Tesla. And Mark Goodman, yeah. look at this. Eddie, thank you, man. Oh, man, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> I appreciate I, I, it. Mark took the day off, but he still ended up on volume somehow. So Gotta love it. Go great. figure. Well, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I know I enjoyed bringing it to you and doing it that day, and a lot of people really enjoyed hearing Mark Goodman and the Tesla guys uh, dropping by, and a lot of fun there. All right, coming up next, we stay in Cancun, stay at the same event, different day, though. Rick Nielsen and Robin Zander of Cheap Trick. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Eddie Trunk here with you. As I mentioned, so much fun broadcasting from this great event in Cancun about a month ago called The Sands. Looking forward to being a part of it again next year. One of the great bands that played it was Cheap Trick. Good friends Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen dropped by prior to their performance. Here's how that conversation went. All right, we are back from sweaty, hot, and humid Cancun as we are, we're inside and we're still pouring sweat. That's <laughs> like here. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it's going to be like up there playing. It's <laughs> yeah, quite clammy here today, to say the least. It's every day, but uh, it is always a pleasure to be joined by my good friends, the legendary members of Cheap Trick, Robin Zander. Good to see you, sir. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting us, Of Eddie. course. Thank you for coming. And, of course, Rick Nielsen as well. Good to see you, sir. The house of sweat. We love it here. <laughs> we're yeah. all just pouring sweat. And we're inside in air conditioning, by the way. But oh, it, it is? just after a while, it just gives out. <laughs> Same just... with the rooms, too. You get in bed and you sweat your gonads off. Yeah. Out. 
It's crazy. As soon as I walked in, I was like, I'm going to call my guy. There's something wrong with the AC. And everybody's like, no, this is, is pretty it? much yeah. it. The we best did the same thing. Get. We called a guy up. He goes, no, that's just the way it is. Sorry. So have you ever played this event before? Uh, not this event. I played a, another thing with uh, with uh, guys in Guns N' Roses and Billy Gibbons and just myself came down here to Cancun and did something. And it was similar to this this area here, only it was down a beach. Right, right. But that's the thing is all of these resorts tend to be like that. This area of the world just yeah, tends to be like that. It's almost exactly the same as the place I, I played at. That's the thing I was telling you about. Says he learned how to speak. What is this now? Rick is showing me something on yeah. his phone. How to say Oh, we learned how to sp- uh, Never had a lot pronounce. of moves. Yeah. yeah. Never hit, uh, oh, yeah. I'll tell you. Phonetically something. Wait, what happened? Tell me now. What, is, what are you well, showing me? This guy said, uh, he said, uh, let's see where he is. This is, hey, keep talking because this is boring. Morgan, Rob and I are just talking about the heat while you look on your phone, Rick. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you later. Eddie, did you write the set list for us tonight? You know, I was thinking about that last night. If you want to clear the room, I'll gladly do that <laughs> okay. for you. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you did it before. You know, it was cool. <laughs> I would love to do that, but you know me. I would put the deep tracks in. And this thing, what are you going to do tonight? What do you, you have a regular full set? Did you guys you guys know what? I mean, I know this is a little bit of a different gig being at a resort, but is it a full headline show? Is that what you're doing? Uh, well, it's only 75 minutes, so that cuts it down a little bit. But we'll do, we'll do some of the hits, but we do some deep cuts every night. We yeah, try we, to yeah, we change our set. We change our set every night. You know, not everything, but... Uh yeah, so we change, we'll, we change we'll things you. around. You know, you know what's interesting? when That's a big sticking point with fans, right? Like for a lot of other bands, the one band you can't say that about Cheap Trick is Cheap Trick because you guys, of course, have what? You figure six songs you have to do every mm-hmm. show or so, right? But then you do always rotate stuff in and out all the time. You will play anything from your catalog. You're one of the few bands that do that. Most of the bands, when I talk to them and say, why don't you change your set more? If they're being honest, they say, because we don't want to put the work in to have to rehearse it and learn it. Oh, jeez. Right. Well, that's true, though. They have to rehearse it and learn it. And so do we. We just, our rehearsal's on stage, basically. <laughs> During our, the Our mistakes check. are better than anything we could think up. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Speaking of that, and this may maybe cause some limitations, maybe I'm wrong or right on this. You are playing still without Tom, right? Tom uh-huh. is not yeah. with you guys. First of all, Rick, how's he doing? He's doing well. Tom is doing. Oh, you, I thought you were talking about the band. Or, oh, Tom. And how's Tom doing? I think he's doing good. Yeah, I mean, doing yeah. a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. What, what? Any any update on his health? Is he okay? February. February. He'll be back with yeah. you guys. So he's still recovering. I mean, I know yeah. when you guys did some of the promo rounds, that he put out a statement because I think on one of the late night shows he had to sit down when he played and people were concerned. Yeah. But at that point he was recovering still, yes. right? Yeah. He didn't want to tear his stitches I think, <laughs> yeah. for one. Yeah. He got, he got all sliced up. Oh, yeah. he got open, huh? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Opened up and pulled out and fixed and put back in and zipped they, up. They put some bass strings in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve <laughs> string? Twelve string oh, stitches. Yeah, <laughs> <You bet. laughs> Did he have, uh, prior to him having this, uh, this um, really you know, concerning uh, heart, thing, heart surgery, did he have any complaints on the he, road with you guys? He had no clue. Uh, well, he had complaints on the road. <laughs> yeah, he's always had that. That's from the beginning. But no, he, he had no clue he had a problem he's, until he went in for, I guess, his regular physical or whatever. And they, they found it and they said, well, you got to get in there now. Because well, I got to play know. next week. No. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to drop dead tomorrow or next year. 
So he went in and got it done. Well, thank God that he's yeah. going to do okay and be rejoining you guys. Now, in the interim, uh-huh. we've got your son, right? Yeah, Robin, yeah. your son, Robin Jr., is yeah. playing bass. Now, That's he right. had been playing in the band, playing some rhythm guitar and singing, I know, right. for a bit. Talk about how that happened, because I didn't even know he played bass. Well, now now i got to play guitar. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah, he, he's he's really good. He knows the songs better than I do. You know, he's he's just one of those guys that plays all the instruments just as good as the next instrument. You know, he started playing the drums when Dax uh, he had a baby, or his wife had a baby, I guess. And uh, yeah, he he then he filled in for Rick when Rick was sick. Uh-huh. So he he does everything. You know. So gonna, wait a minute, he's he, going to fire all of us. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figure when Rick and I pass, you know, he can just him and Dax can just carry on. That's right. Well, it is crazy <laughs> that it's like that, that it's actually like a, a Xander and a Nielsen, it, all Xander Nielsen band at the moment. It's better than the cover bands that come in with the. I had the ex roadie from from uh, I won't say the name of the band. But, <laughs> oh no, no, I know, I know what you're talking about. Exactly right. It's pretty crazy. Don't miss a beat and just keep no, going. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but did he ever play? So so your son played a show on drums with yeah. Chip Yeah, he, he played did. more than one. He said when Dax went and uh, wife had a, was having a baby, and uh, he said he wanted to be there. Gee, imagine that. Yeah, uh, and and. <laughs> and uh, uh, Not just RTZ. have it without me. What the hell? Yeah, you know, I'll RTZ. See, Robin, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Robin Taylor Zander. He came in and played the drums. And he said, who knew? Yeah. That's nu- I knew. But uh, that's nuts, though, know. Robin. When did you see that he had this ability? How early on that he, he's like you? So well, you're telling me in the, in, that your son has played drums, guitar, and now bass in Cheap Trick. That's uh-huh. correct. And, and, and sings, of course, as well. When, that's correct. When did you, did you teach him this stuff? Did it was just no. in him? Did he just... He had a band before me uh, asking him to come with us that had just broken up. So he, he you know, he's, he moved to Nashville, lived there for three years, uh, played in his own band and plus a bunch of studio work and stuff like that. But he grew up with Cheap Trick. He's known, you know, us since he was born. He's been with us on the road. He's, you know, he just absorbed everything from Tom and Rick and me. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Dax, the same thing. Dax same was, thing, yeah. Dax was a classically trained on the piano. Is that right? Yeah. And so, and he can play every instrument. He's actually played every instrument with us, too. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I didn't groom him to do that. He did that on his own, like, like RTZ did. Yeah. You know, we didn't sit around, hey, here, here, you learn this. I had no idea that he knew any of our songs. Yeah, but, but we have instruments in the house, you know, and they, they just pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that for both of your kids, actually. Like, if it was a thing where you just think it was because they were around you and they were around it and around the band and they recognized as they got older what you both did that they gravitated towards it? Or was it more of a push to say, hey, here's, you know, uh-huh. pick up this guitar, Dax, was, or pick up these sticks, Robin? If there was a push, it was the other way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when, da- when Dax came. <laughs> Don't do this. You're crazy. If you're when Dax me. came in to play drums, he was going the next day to, to Europe to work with the. Uh, you know, he's worked with Brandy Carlisle and, and uh, Dick Dale yeah, and Dick for Dale. years and stuff. Right now he's working on his tan by the pool. Oh, that's right. I saw him over there, yeah. <laughs> but it was like um, I asked Tom and I asked Robin. Uh, I didn't want to be the, the guy that said, well, let's have my kid here. And, you know, I let them decide because I didn't want to ever be uh, in that position. Like, well, he's your kid or whatever. Right. And in the same way with uh, RTZ. He came out and was like, I got sick and I, I needed some help. And he came in and filled in for me, and he's better looking than me too. And damn, it's pissing me off. And but uh, you know, it's like it was a, it was my decision. Yeah, let's have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always been like that. You know, it's uh, it's not 
that we pushed our kids to do anything, really. <laughs> yeah. in, in fact, About it's time more we pushing, did. pushing them away. But, you know, it's more than just that, though. These guys, both these kids have music in their hearts, you know, they, whether their dad or, or whatever's uh, influencing them. They just love music. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you, and it's funny, too, because in both of the cases with both of your kids, I remember meeting them extremely early on. <laughs> at, at Oakwood Garden Apartments. For, for you, Rick, yeah, <laughs> Dax. I mean, that's a legendary story. And Robin, you were there, but we're talking late 80s at the Oakwoods, and I was staying with Vito Broad. I've told this story before. We knocked on the door, and you guys were writing, and this little kid gets up in his pajamas. He's like, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And he was like in footsie pajamas, and that was Dax who played drums now. Yeah. And for Robin, for you, I remember uh, we did something in. I did something in Tampa. I think it was I was on Mike Calta's show or oh, something. Yeah, as yeah. a guest, and yeah. you came in. Yeah. And you were setting up in the corner, and you were with the kid, and yeah. I was like, "What? What's going?" And I remember Mike, or you say, "That's my son." <laughs> yeah. And then you played on the radio with yeah. him, and you because yeah. you were doing like a duo thing yeah. then, right? That's right. Yeah. We still do that once in a while. You know, we play little clubs in Safety Harbor where I live and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I got another combo, too. Well, that's what I want to talk about because each of you have, everybody's got, no matter what band, everybody's got a, a little something on the side that they're doing for fun and, mm -hmm. and musically. So let's talk about that. So, and, and we'll start with you, Rick. So you've been out doing, it's called the Family Trust, right? The Nielsen Family, uh, TNT. The okay. Nielsen, the Nielsen Trust. You know, it's like, I play, duh. Dax plays, duh. My son, another son, Miles plays, and his wife, who's a Ford model and, and a singer and songwriter, the four of us, and then we got two cousins we bring along, too. Uh, at, keep keep it in the family. Yeah. And what are you playing? We play mostly Cheap Trick, but mm -hmm. there's been a lot of stuff, uh, Miles Nielsen, the Rusted Hearts, because uh, he's got... I don't, oh, he's he got, Miles he's is got real talented. Ten albums or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so he's really good. It's like their band is real good, too. It's like... And so I, actually, it was my wife said, "Oh, you you never play with these guys." I said, well, I never have, but you should go out. I said, "I've just got done with nine months on the road. <laughs> Are you just trying to get rid of me?" Yeah, okay. So it it was fun, and we did two shows. We had everything sold out. We were doing seven, 17 shows when Robin was in Europe with Alice Cooper. We did first two shows, and then the pandemic, boom, that was it. Yeah. And so now we've been picking them up. The yeah. ones we didn't do. Yeah, we with Alice, we had to cut our, our tour that we were doing over there in half. So wait, who was Cheap Trick with Alice? No, no, it's just me. You were so you were opening for Alice? No, we were. Uh, he had a orchestra, full orchestra. Okay, when was this? Uh, March of nineteen. Nineteen twenty. I don't know. Twenty was the year we lost pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so that was nineteen. So that would have been nineteen probably. No, right? it was or no. It was, or twenty was that's just when stuff yeah. shit hit the fan. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, and it was March. 10th or 11th or something like that that we had to stop. Well, yeah. tell me what it was first because I'm not even aware of it. So you were in – Alice went to Europe and performed with an orchestra? Yeah, and he, and he only does like four or five songs at the end. And before that, I did three or four songs, and there was another artist that also did along with us, a guy from England that looked like Rod Stewart. Okay. <laughs> all right. And you were over there when the COVID stuff was all coming down. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was coming down until the very last – two days and then all of a sudden you guys got to leave germany i didn't you know didn't have a ticket or anything until i had to rush to frankfurt to get out of, out of town i took the last flight out oh my gosh before uh, they closed it the only down. reason i was doing this thing on my time off was because robin was going you know to be with alice cooper for a month right so oh god i got a free month and then my wife oh, you should do you know it's like so we rehearsed 
and then uh, we did two shows. I, I don't know how many you did. A couple shows. We but did, it, yeah. Over with Alice. Yeah. We did about a week and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and he likes to work every. He doesn't take any time off. He works nonstop. Yeah, that it's guy. like every day. Whether that or Hollywood <laughs> vampires or whatever he's doing, he's always hustling. That guy. He's amazing, and he's at his age, he's still great at it though. Yeah, and is. that's the thing I say to people all the time. Like as far as the bands that I love, like Cheap Trick and like Alice and all these guys. I got no problem with them doing it forever as long as you're still good at what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. and Rick, right. you know, look, I talked about this, Robin, before you were here today, actually on the air. That, that we, I have this category in, in this, on this show with my audience that I call the freaks, and I mean that in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. And you're very much in that category, mm-hmm. meaning the older guys that have been doing it forever that can still look, that still look the same, which is ridiculous, and, and, can st- and still sound as good as they've ever sounded. And you know what? Last night... I hadn't seen Billy Idol in ages. Yeah. That guy's running around at 65 years old with his shirt off singing. Like, I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. So you guys, I'm, I'm convinced you and Sammy Hagar and Steven Tyler and Billy Idol and Glenn Hughes, you All made, you did make a deal with the devil, didn't you? Did <laughs> no, you did you no, cut no. your your blood and, you know, make a <laughs> pack with what, a goat or something? Well, with yeah, Alice. Yeah, he did. Yeah, with Alice, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> with Alice. <laughs> But it is remarkable. I mean, do you do any vocal warm-ups? Do you have any routine? Oh, yeah, every night. You do. Did you yeah. always do that? No. It's just uh, probably the last 20 years, 15 years. <laughs> Only the last 20 years. <laughs> but before that, uh, my warm-up te- routine was different. It was more like this. <laughs> do some drinks and whatever else so you could get your hands on. I'm used to smoke, too. Like, yeah, did I, you I, really? Yeah, I quit that, too. How long ago did you stop that? Uh, God, I smoked for about 35 years. Wow. From the time I was 14. So Don't do the math. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, now, now I read an interview with Ozzy once, and he said that of all the drugs and all the craziness he did, the toughest thing to beat was cigarettes. That's true. I never smoked. Was it that tough? It was really tough. Uh, I tried to quit in 1980 when Rick was starting to run. He used to run for, like, 10Ks and Who are you like running that. from, Rick? <laughs> Everybody himself. <laughs> yeah, I smoked too. I, I, smoked. I remember you smoking. I smoked three packs a day of Philip Morris Commanders. They were the, like pell-mell except with no filter. And I loved every cigarette I had. When yeah. did you stop? I stopped in like 1970, something like oh, that. Oh, really early? Oh, yeah. yeah. But oh, I was, then I don't remember you smoking because I know. thought it, I wouldn't have known you. It's then. me that smoked. Yeah. You, I smoked. We look, yeah. we look a lot to like. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked. And, and I tried to quit in the, 1981 yeah. when he was running because he didn't have anybody to run with. So I figured I'd try to t- tail along. And that lasted about a week. You know, I couldn't do that. Uh, but I having, I quit, a, having I, a youth chase me. <laughs> I quit for about a year, and then I started got, in, got in a bar one night and started drinking. So I think, I think it was more than one night. <laughs> so so Rick, you also you look great, and I talked to you I about do. this. See, you I do. Always, I always look like shit. No, you do look great. I told you this, and I when I saw you play the last couple times, I was like, my God, the way you're moving on stage and you're jumping and doing the kicks and all that stuff, and and you you dropped weight. You looked really great to me, and I said. What'd you do? And you said to me, I stopped hey. eating candy. Yeah, I stopped eating and you, sugar. And you, I said, yeah, boy, she, she pissed. She stopped, <laughs> she stopped hanging around. <laughs> but you told me that one of your rituals, like your post-show rituals, was to go back to your room and just eat a big bag of candy, right? Yeah. But you didn't like, what kind of candy? What were you eating? Kit Kats? What was it? She's still pissed. <laughs> I'm not going to give any advertisements to my, to my uh, vices. A golden shot. But that was a... <laughs> 
but that was a big vice. Was was was. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I, I used to drink a lot too. You know, I I could out drink everybody. I, I knew. remember that. Two and, fi- two fisted. Yeah, drinkers. that was. He was out at the. Oakwood. I was at the Oakwoods <laughs> yeah. in person. He had beers in his jacket. <laughs> you should have seen. So, you should have seen Bunny and I's room. Bunny saved every can of beer that he drank. So after about a month. All the way to the ceiling on one wall, all these beer cans stacked up on top. Of what me. was that about? I don't know. It just got got that way. On the road or in the studio it, or at local garden apartments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I quit and uh, it's like, well, what were you talking about? I, you know, the vices I had. It's like uh, I would drink a case and a half of beer every night. It was always in my bathtub at the hotel, filled with ice, and I wouldn't t- quit drinking until until they were all gone. But I didn't drink before we play. Uh, and you know what my favorite song was? What? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> then you go head to the bathroom. Do you remember the uh, deer that had an arrow stuck through his neck at Oakwood? They put the posters up. No. Oh man. I know. Yeah, there was stuff like that going on. But I do. Re- but it's funny you say that your favorite song was "Good Night" because it meant you could go drink. So I went to see Jason Bonham last week in L.A. Oh, at the cool. Greek doing the Zeppelin thing, and he was telling all these stories between songs, and one of the stories he said, he goes, if you, you people here in L.A., he said, if you ever wondered why in Long Beach you only got one encore from Zeppelin, but at the Forum you would get two, the reason my dad always told me is Long Beach was a little further away from the rainbow, so we <laughs> wanted to be able to get to the rainbow quicker, so we cut a song, but at the Forum it was close enough we'd do both encores. There you like, go. That's showbiz. Priorities in order, right? I believe it. There you go. <laughs> hey, so uh, the album, been out a little bit. That's the last time I talked to you. In Another World had come out. We did that thing on Zoom. All the whole band was on, yep. and it's done great. Congratulations. It was a number one rock record shortly after we talked. I know that was announced so i take full credit for that because of my audience it was you (laughs) was by the way light up the fire was uh, played on monday night football the last two weeks three weeks three weeks three weeks yeah i didn't see the first one yeah they play some good rock stuff during the commercial breaks there i've heard a lot of bands in that they added us which was instead of just playing some of their older stuff wow a new song on there that's we're talking about trying to get a a, another video with uh yeah well you remember rick did uh, a video with uh what's his name the Junior. Hank Williams Hank Jr. Williams Jr. Oh, right, right. Yes, yeah. that's right. Are you ready for some football? Thing? Yeah, yeah. They, they kicked him off on ABC, but ESPN, they're, they're a little sleazier. <laughs> right. They should have it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Like they're, more, they're more rock and roll there. Yeah. We, well, we hope. That would be cool. So um, where are you guys at now in terms of touring? I know that it's crazy for everybody out there right now with the backdrop of COVID. Things are getting to be normal a little bit you can look out here everybody's having a great time the good thing about this is everybody's been tested coming in and coming out so we are kind of in a big bubble here which is good to see um but how's it been for you guys on the road we've been going around quite a bit and uh, you know wherever the protocol's tight we go and they're still letting people in and stuff like that so you know we go where we can Mm -hmm. pretty much yeah we've had some excellent shows you know oh we haven't had anything here in ages Sold out. Yeah, we sold out in, most of the shows. Yeah, it's been, it's uh, been fun. pretty amazing. You know, because people were hungry for music. Now, did you, either of you, did, Rick, did you have COVID? No. Did you, anybody in the band get it? No. So you guys have been good, lucky in that yeah, regard. Yeah, I've, had, I've had all three, and I've had, uh, I've done about 20 swabs up my nose. What do you mean you had all three? All three what? All three First shots. shot, second shot. Oh, you got, you got the booster already. Yeah. Hey, you know how Me old too. I am? I see another head growing on your shoulder. <laughs> 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 I got the booster, too. But it affected me differently. 
That's a, not a booster. That's a shrinker. <laughs> I'm afraid to go out here in my Speedo out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite eligible yet for the booster, but I hear they're going to go 40 plus on that soon. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. get right in line when I need to because I got no problem getting it. But yeah, uh, I, the one thing I did do I, tonight, I probably won't be doing too much. I uh, tore my rotator cuff. Did you? Yeah, about a month and a half ago. So it's like, just now I can lift my arm up. It was like, oh. Do you have to have surgery or something? I'm not going to get it because I'm gonna, I am gonna. want to play music. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. My program director of this channel, Roger, he had the surgery. And it was one of the most painful things. He plays drums, and it was one of the most painful things he's yeah. gone through. He's still dealing with it. Yeah. And then I hear oh, other good. people. Oh, again, let's, let's get it then. But no, Rick, but then I, honestly, I hear other people that actually bounce back pretty quick from it who actually are musicians. So, you know. Well, they're all liars. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone um, I know. They just do it for the drug. Robin, yeah. I hear you have a wine. I do. Tell me about that. Um, I've been trying to do this for about 10 years now. So I finally, uh, you know, I would, get a, I would get a bottle of wine every night after the show. And sometimes I would drink some of it, sometimes I wouldn't. And eventually I got tired of the cheaper wine, so I made sure that they'd bring wine that was over $50 a bottle. Otherwise, forget it, you know. And so I kept this wine, and eventually I'd tasted a bunch of wines and decided to do my own. And I ran into this guy, uh, actually a friend of Michael's kid, Aaron Ace, uh, uh, Michael, I forget his last name, Michael. Somebody. Oh, um, and he, he's a wine distributor guy. Okay. And he knew this guy named Spoto who did, uh, Spoto, I'm sorry, who did uh, Garage Band Winery. Mike Mercer. Yeah, Mike Mercer. So he did this Garage Band Winery called Spoto and um, took me over there and we tasted the wine. It was, it was fantastic. And uh, he said, uh, "You you want to do a wine with me?" And I said, "Well, yeah, you're you you're used to be want to do a line with me." <laughs> yeah, you're a garage band. <laughs> you're a garage band wine oh, and I'm a garage band rock and roller. So let's do it. You know, it was sort of uh, just by meeting this guy. He was a great guy, and uh, he knew what he was talking about. And I, said, I thought, yeah, well, let's do it. It just came out the other day. So what's it called? It's called Surrender. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right, I like that. I see what you did there. Yeah. Is it is it under your name? Is it say like Xander Wines or anything? No. Or it no. just called Surrender. Surrender and it's photo wines. You have any of it here? Can we? We're gonna try, we're gonna sample some tonight. I know, but after I can the show? get some to you. Well, I mean, I don't want I don't <laughs> yeah. want to intrude on asking no, you to no, send me wine, but I thought maybe we'd have a little tonight after the show. That would be Cancun, cool. You know, that would be cool. But I didn't bring any. You uh, know. All right. See the marketing. You got to you got to take a page out of Sammy Hagar marketing. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh-oh. You had to take them because if you guys are selling booze, you know, if Sammy was here, you know, he'd make them every one of these things would have his sign up with the booze. Mm-hmm. Sammy's the master at, at selling oh, that I know. stuff. He's man. crazy. Good friend. Yeah. Well, me too. But he's a, I was just at his thing in Catalina a couple weeks ago and he's got the posters up everywhere and he's you know pushing the booze. Yeah. And you, you, even on the ferry from L.A. to Catalina, <laughs> they're selling his wine cooler. It's yeah, like I've he's got at, it dialed in. I've been at a couple of his birthday parties, so I know exactly what you're talking about oh yeah yeah so so rick what's that on your shirt you're showing me it's a vodka what do you got it's called rockin' vodka all right he it's drinks a, vodka it's a sugar a sugar cane okay explain to that I, now i drink vodka but what does that mean sugar it means cane? it's made out of sugar cane okay not, not wheat not not oats not corn whatever all right and it's a uh, brewed and uh, distilled in rockford or harvard illinois actually which is nearby us and uh, i like when people do things not cookie cutter of, 
you know, uh, sponging off of somebody else's, hey, you know, put my name on this. Like Robin did with this wine, you know, he looked around and got the right thing. With this, I got, went and did the right thing. Uh, get people working. Now there's a whole bunch of people working on it and, and uh, at the at the place and advertising it. And uh, we just got uh, a thing for the Hard Rock. Nice. And all over in Canada. We're now in Canada. I think we're in California. Sammy Hagar actually helped. He helped put me in touch with with uh, some people to get to get it going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Well, you, you want to do this? And he says. I've already got enough stuff going on. Here's a, here's a few phone numbers. I've got a few phone numbers, and it just carried it on from, since then. Now, am I going to be able to try some you rock and vodka ha- tonight y- after the y- show? Y- uh, yes. You have some? No. <laughs> oh, what kind of marketing guys are you, <laughs> man? What we're, are you we're, doing? We're we just we brought cheap tricks. <laughs> I'll send you some. Give me your address. You guys right. are the consummate Very self-promoters. Exclusive. Exactly. It's so exclusive. No one can, no get, one can it get it at a resort that's filled just, with cheap just, trick fans. Just try and get it. <laughs> exactly. We challenge you to find it. Rick, do you still have the restaurant? Do you still have peace? Yes, I do. That's a fantastic spot. It's been spot. there for over 20 years. Uh, one location still? or One location. We're, we're hoping to be where you are in New Jersey. but uh, Oh, is that right? No. Oh. <laughs> we come to Vegas. That's where you go. I tried there. I went I'm there. in Vegas, too. I come went there. there. I went there. I, went there. I, went there. I was a good buddies with Carrie Simon. I mean, I loved Carrie yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. I knew yeah. Carrie. We miss Carrie. Yeah. 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 We miss Carrie Carrie. Yeah. 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 But, but, uh, but Peace, for those that don't know, is a... Uh, is, uh, a pizza, to just call it a pizza spot kind of sells it short because it's fantastic pizza. It's not your, yeah. you know, just go in and get a slice. But how long have you had that? 20 years. It was, it was me and, uh, and uh, Bill Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, it was an old warehouse kind of place, dirt on the floor. And I said, the, the fact that he was going to get a place, it asked me to be involved in it, if, uh, but it wasn't getting all new equipment. He was getting... Everything well, that's from, the way to do from it. people that went out of business a month ago. You know, they spent all their money trying to get a business going. And we did it on the, we didn't do it on the cheap, but uh, we did it right. And uh, it's been there for 20 years, and it's like, it was number one out of 37,000 pizza, individually owned pizza places in the country. And it won tons of awards with the beer. And that's, that's you're, in a, you're in a heavy pizza competition area. Oh, there. yeah. You're, you're out, what's this? It's actually not in Chicago, just outside, no, right? No, it's in Chicago. Oh, it's Chicago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, it's not downtown, but it's... Right, because I went. I went. Yeah. It was a years ago, but I yeah, went. North yeah. Milwaukee and Damon. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I've had, you know, I've had Smashing Pumpkins there. I've had uh, Foo Fighters there. Foo, I've been Foo there. Foo Fighters are gone. Robin Sander right there, yeah. <laughs> and he's got, uh, he's got the Surrender Wine. So, you know... You know they, now, is the Surrender it. Wine for sale at the Peace Pizza Place? If, if he wanted it, he could have it. <laughs> so, yeah, we should. We should go to, in business together. There yeah. you go. Look as as get some for... Eddie here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's gotta, that's our main hook, customer. You got to hook me up here. But yeah, so uh, so it's done real well. It's it's thin crust thin crust pizza in a thick crust town. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know uh, Anthony Bourdain, he said uh, about this. He says, "It's about the about the thick crust pizza." He says, Chicago people, they don't eat that shit. <laughs> so he he loved peace too. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, if you guys can, oh, give I've me had Def Leppard there too. Yeah, yeah. If you guys can hang through a quick break, I'd love no. to chat a little bit more about some music stuff, if that's cool. And any any other any other any food or boo- booze <laughs> that you're pushing, we can do that, too. You, you push no. it on us. I know, no, but I mean, I, I know that a lot of artists are doing this stuff now, and I just heard about your wine, Robin. Somebody yeah. mentioned it to me, so I wanted to see what was up with that, and I didn't know about It's rock and vodka, right? Rock, R-O-C-K-N. Yeah, I didn't know about it either. <laughs> well, I don't drink too much of it. 
Pan Everybody should really know about it. Pan communication and self-promotion is a bit of an issue with Cheap Trick, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. We're having trouble there. All right, quick break. We'll come back. And you know what? If, if you're cool with it, maybe we'll grab a couple calls from the audience to say hello to you. I'm sure okay. they'd love to okay. give a quick hello, and then we'll let you get on your way. We know you got a show here tonight, which I'm looking forward to. It's my first night they're letting me on stage. Go figure for Cheap Trick and Tesla it? night. You that's the night that's the Eddie Trunk host night. Is it an so. intro? Yeah. Ah, so right. what, do you, what do you think? What should I do? I'm gonna, I got to prep in my room. I got to right. write notes. Uh, the best fucking band in the world. You got it. Done deal. <laughs> that's what we're doing tonight. Rick Nielsen and Robin Zander are here. Yep. And we are uh, getting ready for their show tonight, which is going to be a headlining spot tonight here at this event, which is called The Sands. And they will play with Tesla on the bill just before them. So it's going to be a great double dip of great rock and roll tonight. And uh, what are you thinking, like, when you come into an event like this and moving the set around, do you, you, do you tailor a set when you play to the situation, this being a resort, people on vacation, maybe, you know, not all people here just to see you? Do you keep that in mind? Or you just do what you do? How do you, how do you tailor the set? A little bit of both, I'd say. You know, you look out there and see what the audience is going to look like. But then again, I also like how to, do you feel like playing certain yeah. songs? I also like to shock the audience, too. We just did a thing a couple of weeks ago. It was for a cancer research in Chicago and everybody's dressed up in suits and you know it's like let's go out and annihilate them you know <laughs> open with gonna raise hell or something oh, yeah, like that it was good you know, it's like you have, the, you have a guy that's even older than me like standing out in front of us it's fun yeah. hey before you go and we're gonna grab a couple calls for you guys and then i'll let you get out of here if you want to talk to rick or robin you got a question for cheap trick 844-686-5863 volume but i wanted to ask you when you walk when you were sitting in and getting settled you may have heard me talking about this the, the, the whole world of touring now and what it means versus back in the 70s, even the 80s when you guys were doing it, it, it has flipped on its, its head, has it not? Where You're speaking business-wise. Business-wise, right? It, it really, back then it was about selling the record. Now the record is really supports the tour. Would you, is, is that well, how you feel as well? Yeah, but we never like, we're conscious of, we got to sell some records. We, gotta do, we just always went out and played. Yeah, it doesn't pertain to us anyway because we're so old. <laughs> you know, we've been around a long time. So yeah. uh, if you're a younger band, I agree with you. Yeah. But somebody who's been around a long time like us. Yeah, but you know, think, really think about Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, he sells more records today than he did when he was alive. But he can't tour, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. well, there you go. At least he's got his record sales. Right, well, <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. But you, you guys, and I've talked about this before with you, in Another World is a fantastic record. It did well for you. Uh -huh. You still feel it's important to make new music. You talk about being an older band, but you know a lot of older bands don't even bother to create anymore. But I don't feel like that record pulls people into the audience for us, is what my no, point is. right. That, that would be my point as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, but at the same time, you, you said that's like, uh, it doesn't sound like we've been around for a long time because we play it w with gusto. You know, we play with, you know, even I think I sound like I'm 16 and don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> which is instead of whatever I am and don't know what I'm doing. Right, you right. Know, I, I play by the feel of it. And it's like, and I, I, uh, we had a song on our first record, Daddy Should Have Stayed in High School. I'm 30, but I feel like 16. Guess what? I, I feel like I'm 18 now. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and I'm not 30 anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's the attitude that the band has always had. Well, I think the, that's the attitude in rock and roll in general. I've said this many times. I do, I believe that rock and that that doing what we do, what you guys do, performing, what I do, working in it, that being in this world does keep you young. Yeah. I really do, at least mentally. 
does. I mean, yeah, the case yeah. of Robin physically as well. But oh, please. <laughs> yeah. But mentally it does. AD, because AD. I feel I'm 57. I feel like I'm 25 mentally. Yeah. When my foot hits the bed when I get out of bed in the morning, I realize I'm 57. But, you know, it does. It does keep you, keep, yeah, it keeps sure. you vital. It, it does. really does. Yeah. You know, I, I took all the mirrors out of my house. because I, I, I don't want to look at me. I don't, nobody. <laughs> I did that, too, years ago. Yeah, but, you're, yeah, but you had good walls. <laughs> <laughs> you took all the mirrors and all the bags of candy out of your house. That's, right. so that's it. All right, let's get a couple quick calls on for Rick and Robin, and then we'll let them uh, go on with their day. Here's Jeff in South Carolina joining us now on Trunk Nation. Jeff, you're on live with Rick Nielsen and Robin Zander. Hey, I just wanted to say I love you guys. I've had every record you put out, and I think you still oh. sound as good as you did back in the 70s. But I had one question for Robin. Is Uh-oh. the ability to sing like you do after all these years, like just a gift from God, or do you do something special to maintain your voice? Because you sing better than any singer from back in the 70s era. Well, we, we already established he made a pact with the devil. I, I appreciate that <laughs> comment, but uh, yes, uh, I, I warm up every night, and uh, you know it takes me a good half an hour to get started. And Robin's a real singer too. Robin took uh, was in choirs. All right, buddy, I was in choirs ages ago. He actually well, took yeah. a, one uh, one singing lesson from my father, who was an opera singer. Is that right? Yeah, really. Yeah. But he, you know. He's a real singer, <laughs> I learned everything from Rick Stan. No, you didn't. <laughs> How old were you when you first sang professionally? Fourteen. Fourteen. And what, what was the setting? A band? Or? It was uh, in a, a park in Beloit, Wisconsin. All right. Um, I don't remember the name of the park, but we, I remember uh, there were about three people in the audience. <laughs> they but, loved it, though. Yeah, but it was a, I was in a band called The Destinations. Oh, my God. Yeah. At Best, 14? At 14. And what was it? I imagine covers? Uh, yeah, all covers. So do you remember what you sang? Um, yeah, we did I'm a Man. I'm a man, but I have a love you so. Um, Stevie Winwood. Yeah, Stevie Winwood song. We did, uh, I think it was a half-hour set. Three songs, holy cow. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you know. Were you there, Rick? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that no. how you scouted him? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, get, I get in trouble with the laws hanging around 14-year-olds. Yeah. He was, he was scouting me, and I was stalking him at the okay. same time. You know, just, just so you know, so the audience knows, Rick, during uh, Robin answering, is taking, as you know, Rick, if you've ever seen Cheap Trick, Rick set, throws tons of guitar picks. He's pelting, <laughs> hey, me with, pelting them at me right now, which they'll stick with the humidity. Uh, flicking the guitar picks to the guy. We're, we're in a room that's open to the public, so there's a few people in here, and the, the guy's working the bar back there, and Rick is flicking the picks back there. When did you first start? Were, you're the first guy I can remember flicking picks and doing yeah, that. He was. With branded picks. Were you not? Yeah, well, I'm sure. I don't remember anybody doing it like no. you or before you. No, the well, there might have been somebody doing one pick a night. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> Eric Clapton still got his first pick. Yeah. But Rick's the first guy he is. Yeah, and, and, and the branding on him. And well, yeah, for the first two years of Cheat Trick, they thought my name was Fender. <laughs> <laughs> Until you realize you should put your name on him? Yeah, well, whatever. So I've had about 100 different versions of him. It's like, and I've never, I never sold one pick. I've been giving them away all, all over the world. How many variations of them, that, of them are there, would you think about? Well, I order 60,000 at a time. Is that right? Yeah, and I order at least a couple, couple times a year. 
And, you know, I don't know, there's about... There's some Robin Zander picks too, you know. There's it's amazing. His aim is pretty good going down. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I think that I think that's how it started. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. I was I was a, one of the best men at uh, David uh, Wells' wedding. The, the pitcher, yeah. Pitcher. It was David Wells and it, it was uh, Kurt Gibson, myself, and Tom Arnold were the three. Interesting. Mix. And so on this, while they're doing their first dance, I was went up on the stage playing with the band, and his wife has quite the. Uh, Ample. A, a good target. And I threw it from on stage halfway down the hall and went right to where the money <laughs> It was the money shot. <laughs> and so David's been uh, chasing me ever since. <laughs> hey, you know what I was also wondering? So a fan asked me this to, to ask you this, and I, uh, I was curious about this. With all your guitars, when you do a show like this, is this a one-off for you? Or are you just yeah. coming in and out? And so when you come in and do a one-off on like this, how many guitars? Because we all know you have this massive collection. Yeah, what think, do you bring? I think there are about five of them here. About five. Yeah, because it's too ridiculous to bring the gear down for one. We have another two shows coming up in Mexico, too. Mm. One in Mexico City and one in Monterey, I think it is. And later this month or next month. And so we just bring down... Maybe for two shows, we might bring extra stuff. But I know, Robin, how many guitars do you have here? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's, I have five. I didn't even. I, yeah, I usually have 25 at every show. What's yeah. total in your collection now? Over 500. Over 500. And when you tour, so if you're going to go out and do like two months, like a run, what, what do you carry in general about approximately? About half of that. <laughs> about two months. He's got no, his own trailer. No, we actually have two semis, so it was like. We have 25 in one and 25 in another. <laughs> that way we can play, you know, on the East Coast one day and, and That's the true. West Coast we do. The next. We have, uh, uh, so we have a double set of equipment that yeah. goes out. Oh, the, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. I don't want to show up to a show with crappy stuff. Wow. All right. All right. So, you, so in general, on a tour, you'll carry about 25. Uh-huh. I remember I was with you guys the night when, and I have a photo of you and I looking at it, the night that the five neck broke. Uh-huh. Remember that oh, somebody God. dropped it and it was cr- the neck cracked. Yeah, the, the, I think it was the fourth neck. Fourth, no, it was the fifth neck. And it was in Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah. It was at the at the Sands Casino or something. I remember. Yeah. And and I don't remember. Somebody knocked it off the stand or. Yeah, well, we fired them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. And I think it was, it was, everybody else on the road crew was thrilled that it was gone. <laughs> don't worry, I got it back. Let's your, let, your shoulder probably thanks you for yeah, that. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why you got the rotator. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Stort in Ohio in real quick, and then I'll, then we'll let you guys get out of here. Stort, go ahead with Rick and Robin. I don't know if they're going to remember this, but it was in the late 80s. They, a cheap trick was doing a performance for Japanese television behind uh-huh. the United Nations, and it was cheap yes, trick. Yes, I do. Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam run DMC and maybe another act. So they're lip-syncing the flame, and in the middle of the guitar solo, Rick takes out his passport and shows it to the camera. That's shows right. it to who? The camera. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> that was at the United Nations building. That was such a stupid thing. Is that right? He's gone. Stuart hung up. That's all he <laughs> He got in, he got out. I got a question for you. Then he doesn't hang on to get the answer. Yeah, by the way, that bill that he gave sounded exactly like the bill that would be here this week. Right. You know, exactly that mix of music. I met somebody from Howard Jones last night. Yeah, real quick. Here's Keith in Maryland. Go ahead, Keith. Hello, guys. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've never got to see you live. So what I the hell? I, want to volunteer. <laughs> I know, I know. I want to volunteer How is that possible? My buddy services as a... Uh, a roadie for the day when you visit D.C. on November 3rd. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, we're going to do a lot of the East Coast coming up here. 
So, Keith, you're saying you are a roadie for the day? No, I want I want to be their roadie for the day if they let me volunteer for them. Well, since you've since you've seen us so many times, of course. We'll, yeah, exactly. Yeah, our first choice. <laughs> exactly, Keith. You, thank you, Keith, thanks, for the call. Thanks for supporting. <laughs> yeah, a guy never went to see you live, and he wants to roadie for you. <laughs> You'll definitely break some guitar necks if we let you do that. All right, guys. So let me let you run. Uh, what right. do you What do you got coming up? Uh, the just just the dates, right? Cheaptrick.com. Everybody yeah, find yeah, the just dates. Just go on there. there. You can see all the dates, but most of it's uh, on the east. So uh, yeah, be we, looking for us. We started in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, then D.C. and uh, where, where uh, all over the New place. Hampshire, uh, near Boston, someplace. Uh, yeah, two private shows there. Yeah. All right, cool. And Tom next year. Next Tom year. will be yeah. back Fe- February. Come February. see the two Nielsen's, two Zanders. Yeah, you can see the Nielsen Zander uh, short-lived <laughs> version of Cheap Trick here. But man, that's that's, right, man. that's amazing though. That's a really cool thing actually you'll, though. I think you'll like it. Eddie. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a really cool thing that's both think, of your kids there doing the thing and, yeah, I, and a lot of younger girls come to see us now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we can't find any older ones. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Guys, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for All making right, the time. Right. I appreciate it. Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander of Cheap Trick playing here tonight. And uh, we will let them get out of here. Well, so much fun to uh, visit with the Cheap Trick guys. And earlier, of course, the Tesla guys and also Mark Goodman. Also had Corey and Vernon from Living Color drop by. I'll bring you that interview on a future podcast. However, it's all on the SiriusXM app. And as I was mentioning at the top of the, the podcast this week, SiriusXM is now free to all until December 6th. Listen on the app or if you have an inactive radio, it should be turned on. Go to SiriusXM.com slash EntertainmentLF, as in listen free. SiriusXM.com slash EntertainmentLF for additional information. And you can get caught up on the app and, of course, listen to the show every day. Trunk Nation is on volume Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 Eastern, nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want, SiriusXM app. Thank you so much for listening at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the website. If you're in Green Bay, I'll see you Saturday at Epic Events Center. Everybody in the U.S. have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Catch you on the radio. You got no excuse to not listen. Now, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, free listening till December 6th. Can't wait for you to join me if you don't already on Sirius XM. And uh, I'll catch you next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Take care. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.